I am a finder of the destiny path of God for my life. Amen. You may be seated in the sanctuary. Just want to acknowledge those of you that are watching with us online. We're continuing on in our series, Destined for Deliverance. And so we're glad that you are here to watch with us on our series in the name of Jesus. And we are believing, God, that you'll be blessed. I want to certainly take time to ask you to connect with us on all of our media channels that are there in the name of Jesus. And so we have the information there so that you know how to connect with us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And we have uh, some other things. So um, we are right now in the process of going live with our podcast. So you go out to iTunes, you can subscribe to us and you know, there's all this information. So all of those series are available to you and you can take the time to connect with us. Destiny is not too far from where you are right now, right? And uh, we're asking you to be our Destiny partner. If you enjoy the ministry and it's been a blessing to you, like, share, um, be a Destiny partner that helps others to find the Destiny path of God for their lives as you are. Amen? All right. So um, our series, again, Destined for Deliverance. Um, I'm praying this series is both challenging you and uh, bringing some transformations to you, all right? Um, yes, that was the key I wanted to talk to you about there, that uh, you see that all of those places that you can um, get podcasts and you can download and have whole series of information, and it's available to you. So please, please take the time to uh, connect with us and and follow our podcast so you can be in your car. You know, nowadays you, you, can't, you can't get cassettes, you can't get CDs, you certainly can't get 8-track tapes. Uh, you got to bring your own information to your vehicle um, as you upgrade. And so we just want you to know that uh, we're working to stay current with the technology so that you can still continue to hear the voice of destiny. Amen? All right, uh, five objectives. Uh, we've talked about these five objectives, but I'm going to really talk to you about the ones there on the screen there. Um, number three and four is really what we are really working to do in terms of our objectives, right? We talked about that we want to elaborate the doctrine of, of deliverance, and we spent time on number one. We've also spent time talking about deliver, deliverance from hurts, hindrance, habits, and strongholds in number two, that there's areas of our lives that need deliverance. Some stuff that happens to us, some stuff we did, some stuff is just social and societal, but God can still deliver you. Sometimes you just reach a point of emergency and you need deliverance from God and he's there. But number three is where uh, we, we were um, last week, and I'll just give you a very brief review and then go forward with that. We certainly talked about cultivating a desire for deliverance. We did that last week. We talked about a demand, a diligence, and a discipline. And we'll review that. But today we're going to talk about having a discipleship for your deliverance. A discipleship is needed for your deliverance. And that's what we're going to talk about today. All right. And that's the key thing that we want to get to. All right. Um, remember our, um, our prophetic impression that God is calling you to receive Jesus' ministry of deliverance from hurts, hindrances, habits, and strongholds. Further, he's calling you to be his minister of deliverance. You know, our objective, when we think about being destined for deliverance, is for you to get so free, hallelujah, 
you to get so free that you can help somebody else get free too, right? It's not done when you free by yourself. You, you want to, to beat the devil off your life and then get him off somebody else's life too. That's, that's what we mean when we say Jesus wants us to be a part of his ministry of deliverance. So let's just do some quick review. We've talked about um, bondages as being in prison. We've talked about deliverance as being slippery and free to move about. We've talked about the fact that God the Father is a deliverer. He is a redeemer. That Jesus, um, he has a whole ministry of deliverance. We told you that Jesus' superpower is deliverance. Deliverance is Jesus' superpower. That's why when you call on the name of the Lord, whatever else is going on, you can be saved. And then we talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit leads us into deliverance because wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So we said, don't call him something. When you hear him talk, don't say something told me because you say something told you, you can disobey something. But if he's the Lord, the Holy Ghost speaking, then you need to do what he told you. All right. And uh, we talked about deliverance being a path, uh, um, a process and a person. We've talked about the fact that we're going to receive instructions and directions that God teaches us and then leads us in the way that we should go. And so both the teaching that you're receiving and leading are both part of your deliverance process. So don't miss the teaching point. But then don't just rely on the teaching, and then you hear something on the inside leading you a direction, and don't do that. Both of those go together. Does that make sense? All of that's a part um, of your deliverance. And so we talked about the, that, that uh, there is a cycle of the law and sin and death. I'm going to deal with some more with that today, and we'll review um, on that piece. But we talked about that. Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's show, show my graphic on... Um, on the law of sin and death. We talked about the fact that there's all this stuff in the world, like, like the devil sets traps for you. All that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. He sets traps for you, trying to hook you. Now, the thing that hooks you might not hook your neighbor, but there's a bunch, there's a bunch of hooks out there, and if you're not careful, one of them will catch you. So he tries to get you to go and, to, and have something that that fleshes itself to you in lust and begins to entice you enough that you want to violate the will of God to do it. That's where lust becomes sin. But the law is not just the law of sin. It's the law of sin and death. It's one law with two destinations. If I stay with the sin long enough, the death associated with that sin will kick in. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's one law. The Bible calls it the law of sin and death. Right? just like it was a tree of knowledge of good and evil. It was one tree, right? Two pieces of knowledge, right? And so um, the law of sin and death says, if I stay with sin long enough, even if I keep repenting every time, death's going to kick in eventually, all right? And then we said that when I get that sense of death, just like when, a, when, when Adam and Eve sinned, they, they feared God because there was the threat of punishment. Right? You stay with stuff long enough, you know it's killing you. You know it's killing you. <laughs> I 
I, I remember a time in my life, like, like I knew as I was outside of the will of God. And I knew if I stayed that way, I was going to die. So I was a lot more nervous then than I am now. I would wake up in the middle of the night in a thunderstorm. It's like, is that the last trump of God sounding? Jesus, don't catch me on the outside when I need to be on the inside. Sin has a threat of punishment embedded in it that brings with it a fear, and then that fear begins to get you in bondage, and that cycle repeats over and over again. And so you get on a death cycle that you can't get out of. All right? And so because there's different types of bondages, there's different types of fears, there's different types of lust, sin, bondages, fears, and death. Like, it doesn't have to be physical death with a casket sitting in front of you. Your relationship can die. You know, in the insurance industry, they call it economic death. Right? They say when you, when, when you, you hit the point where you pass your income earning potential and you got more month than money, they call it economic death. All right? And so all of these things, there's all, because there's different kinds of death, there's different kinds of fears. So people have, some people, their biggest phobia is doing what Pastor David is doing, standing up in front of a bunch of people and talking. And when they get to that mode, their heart almost jumps out of their chest. Can we talk about it? And am I, am I at your, somebody's zip code? Their heart feel like it's about to jump out of their chest and they about to die. Right? Yeah. Man. I told the, the saints a story where, you know, I start getting, a, um, like when I'm on small planes and I can't get my feet to the aisle and the, and the thing is touching my knees. Or, you know, we was on a bulkhead and everybody else had a window, but we didn't have a window on our seat. I start to feel like the walls was closing in on me. I felt like I wanted to get up and go, ah! and run up and down the aisle, but I knew somebody would tackle me, and I would be in jail, so I had to calm my happy self down. That was a fear of death. In that moment, my body was saying, you are about to die. Yeah. So deliverance, Pastor David, why are you describing this in so many different ways? Because I want everybody to see that you might need some deliverance. I don't want you to say, well, he really needs some deliverance, but I'm cool. Yeah, you, you know, so, so it's not a bad thing. Life happens to all of us. But I got to get off of this law and get on to another law, a higher law, or I'm going to get where I'm going, this law is going to take me where it's going. All right? And it's going to keep me there. Let's look at Romans 8. We're going to read verses 1 and 2. Romans 8, verses 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation. Condemnation is, is a verdict of punishment. To those who are in Christ Jesus, that's only one requirement. Only one requirement is to be in Christ Jesus. You can still be condemned in Christ Jesus if you don't do the second part. The second part says, who do not walk according to the flesh. 
Verse 2, but according to the Spirit. I'm sorry, I got that still verse 1. All right? So before I go to verse 2, before I go to verse 2, let's, let's deal with this one for a second. Some people thought salvation alone gets them out of the condemnation. But if you're saved and still living according to the dictates of the flesh, and you're still on that death cycle where you let lust connect to your flesh to produce sin and produce death, then you're going to still be condemned. Now, you might still go to heaven, but you'll go there sooner than you need to, and you'll go there in a worse condition than you need to. Yeah, even though I'm saved, if I let habits keep me doing things that are killing me, I'm going to die. Does that make sense? So I have to deal with the fact, first of all, that I'm in Christ Jesus, but then I've got to deal with not walking according to the flesh. Because if I let it, my flesh will kill me. The doctor would be there saying, you can't eat that no more or you'll die. Your flesh would be like, eat it, eat it now, eat it fast, eat more of it. Get it, get it, get it now, get it good. And then you'll be there eating it, feeling sick, and still eating. See, a person like that is still condemned. It's not that they're not in Christ Jesus. It's just that they're not walking after the Spirit. Their flesh is still driving them, and the flesh is still trying to kill them. Does that make sense? All right, so, so I want to make sure that we grasp hold of that because part of us getting off of that death cycle means that there will be some frustrated desires that we will have to deal with. Our flesh will still be wanting to do it, and then we'll have to follow the dictates of the Spirit that says, no, stop it, throw it out, turn it off. You know, shut up. Close your mouth. I know you want to argue with him. Stop right now. I got, Lord, I'm going to get him told, and then, and then after that, I'm going to repent. Just one more getting him told. But your relationship's still going to die. That's still, see, death still is in the process. If you sin, death comes. It's a law. So I have to Either I'm going to follow the lust of my flesh, which in the sowing season feels good initially until it becomes the bondage that I can't get out of, and then it leads me to the result that I didn't want to go to, or I'm going to frustrate my flesh and do what the Spirit said, and the flesh be there, one, I still want to eat it, I still want to eat it, and then you telling it no. Does that make sense? Because, see, I know, I wish deliverance came where he would just take all of the appetites away. Don't you wish that? God, I just wish you would zap me, and I never, ever, 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 you know, have a, have a desire for that ever, ever again. And they lived happily ever after the end. I wish it was like that. It just hadn't been that way. There's going to be a period of time where I'm going to have to manage my frustration where I detox my flesh from the thing it has gotten used to doing or consuming. And that's a challenging thing because I just wish God would just, man, lay his hands on me, Jesus. Just zap me. 
Zap me, Lord. Zap me. All right. Now look at verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. That you could also say has delivered me from the law of sin and death. So I only get free from the law of sin and death by invoking a higher law. I'm not free just to do nothing. Like, like I can only get free from one law by getting all the way over on another law. If I try to say, Lord, I want to stop this, but I'm not going to replace it with something better, then I'm never going to be free. Because it's just like, um, if I tell you, close your eyes, close your eyes, don't think about a red car. If I tell you, don't think about a red car, you'll see a red car. See, that's, that's, that's why people say, say no to drugs. No, 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 that don't work. Telling people to say no to something they want to do makes them want to do it more. You have to find a higher law to get over onto to free you from the lower law. All right? And so the higher law here is called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, foundations class, we were talking about in the in the second foundations class, being baptized with the Holy Spirit. The law of the spirit of life in the spirit of life means the Holy Spirit has to be invoked for me to get free from the law of sin and death. It's the spirit of life, so I got to get away from stuff I know is killing me. Yeah, because saints do commit saintocide. We know stuff killing us, and we still do it. We know, right? We know stuff is killing our relationship, but we still want to get her told. I just got to say this. And the Holy Ghost inside of you, <laughs> he says, shut up. And if you hear him in my voice saying, shut up, that's the Holy Ghost. But I got to get out of the law of the sin and death to the law of the spirit of life, doing things that I know will cause me to live. In Christ Jesus. Does that make sense? So I got to be careful that I don't just stay over on the law of sin and death, believing that I can sin, but the death won't come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You play with you play with play with fire, you're gonna get burned. Yeah. Yeah. So this thing about getting free from bondage is a big thing. Now let's look at um, Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. I'm breaking free from the law of sin and death by invoking a higher law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. In the same way that an airplane overcomes the law of gravity through the law of lift and thrust. It's not that gravity has gone away or your plane would never land. They just invoke a higher law to lift them above another law. Does that make sense? So I'm going to have to have some escape velocity to overcome havoc gravity. 
because my habits have a way of pulling me back to earth, pulling me down, pulling me into this. We don't even know why we fight. Just a certain time, man, it just something flipped, and all of a sudden everything was cool. Next thing you know, we act like cats and dogs. Habit gravity. I've got to invoke a higher law to get lifted out of that. So in the same way that an airplane uses the law of lift and thrust to overcome the law of gravity, you must use the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus to overcome the law of sin and death. Sin and death will still be waiting on you if you decide to go back to it. It ain't gone nowhere. It'll still be there asking you, come on back. Come on, come on, come on, man. You did good for two months. Come on, come on back. You can come on back with us. But if I stay in this other law, I can keep rising. And I won't have any condemnation. All right. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Inasmuch then as the children are partakers, have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, that's speaking of Jesus, likewise shared in the same, that through death, his death on the cross, he, Jesus, might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. Stop right there for a second before I go any further. Well, if Jesus died, if Jesus died on the cross, we know he did, and he destroyed the, the, him that had the power of death, the devil, then why do I have to deal with the devil? Because destruction there is not meaning that he doesn't exist. Destruction, just like you could be financially destroyed, but you're still here. Right? You could have a relationship that's destroyed, but you're still alive. What it's talking about, his power to just enforce his dictates on you is destroyed. But you can still cooperate with him. He tries to get you to cooperate with, you, with him, just like he tried to entice Jesus to cooperate with him. He tried Jesus, through lust, offered him the world. If you will bow down to me. Yeah. But if he, whoever you obey, you become his servant. Right? And you'll get what he's getting. He's the master of lies. He's a murderer from the beginning. Death is all in him. Does that make sense? And so he is destroyed, but he still can convince you. How many ever heard that voice? Well, you might as well. You was, in, you was doing something in the flesh, and then you heard the thing. You done done it now. You might as well keep on going. Anybody know what I'm talking about, right? You had a thing. You weren't going to eat this thing. And then, and then all of a sudden, just out of habit gravity, you know, you ate the Snickers bar. And then he tell you, you might as well go to the store and get a whole case of them boys and just eat them up for the next four hours. You understand what I'm saying? See, that's, 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 even though, <laughs> I'm going to stay out of that discussion. Even though, even though um, he is destroyed, he still tries to convince you to, to participate in his law. He does it through temptation, through suggestion. He tells you, I got you. But if you have gotten to the point where the devil really can force you, you have given yourself over to him over long periods of time. Because his power, his power to just make it so 
Jesus destroyed that. Isn't that what that said? Now look at verse 15. And release, and release, the King James Version says deliver, those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Right? So I need to track down bondage in my life and see if there is some root of fear in it that's producing the death, that's leading me into the bondage. Some people, people think they fear failure. I find that most people fear success. So most people fear success. I, I don't want to lose my friends, so I ain't going to only be so successful. I've seen people sabotage jobs, pray for promotion, get it, and then sabotage the promotion that they prayed for. Ask God to marry, get married, and then destroy the marriage that they prayed for. <laughs> I just, I see. See, that's why that question Jesus asked, do you want to be made whole? That's a real question. Because some people, like, you know, they, they know how to function in their dysfunction. They really don't want nothing different. So you got to be careful. I mean, you know, people tell you they want, no, nah, I want to be, no, nah, no. Nah. Do you really don't? Because if all you want to do is do what you do, don't waste my time. Some people come to me for counseling. They don't bit more want to change. They just want to be who they are. They, they don't want assistance. They want an accomplice. They want somebody to certify what they're already doing. I'm like, man, if you don't want to do that, then don't waste my time. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I ain't mad at you, but please don't waste my time. If all you want to do is do what you're doing. All right? So I have to find out. Where that root, if I find myself behaving in a pattern of death that's on a cycle of lust, sin, death, fear, bondage, that's on a cycle, then I got to go back and figure out where that root is. Something inside me is making this thing stay on that wheel. Like a hamster on a wheel, just I'm circling the same thing over and over again. There's something in me that I got to deal with. And if you own that wheel, don't blame everybody else. Stop calling other people the problem. You have to deal with you. Listen, because it's not going to get better until you do. Well, if they didn't do this, then I wouldn't have. If she didn't say that, then I wouldn't have went off. Nah, bruh. Nah, nah, bruh. Nah, bruh. Pump the brakes. Pump, pump them brakes. No, that's something inside you. And then you blaming people for your behavior. And I'm not saying that there aren't outside circumstances. What I'm saying is those things don't dictate you. The, the power of the devil to make stuff happen in your life has been destroyed. He can only do things to you with your permission. So you've got, 
See, you got to stop blaming other people and then decide, I want to get off that law of sin and death. It's time for me to fly out of here with the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Does that make sense? You got to get off of blaming people, y'all. I would have gotten out and got into the water, but nobody came to put me in when the water was troubled. I didn't find somebody to help me. See, he was blaming other people. Now, I'm all for structuring your environment and getting support and all of that. But in the end, nobody can motivate you but you. If you decide to have a pity party, I can't drag you out of that. You, you decide you're going to mope. You know, I have to sit here on the side waiting for you to figure out, okay, you ready to feel better? You know, somebody can come and talk to you and all of that. Ever tried to convince somebody and then they get mad at you for trying to encourage them? I see none of y'all never done that. Right? They get madder at you and then because they then they go deeper and then they try to drag you with them. That's why when somebody's drowning, they tell you, don't jump in the water. Throw them something. They'll pull you down up in that. <laughs> they will pull you down in there with them. All right? So I'm going to track this route out. Now, um, so let's reverse the curse. To do that, we have to start at the sin and deal with the Savior. Let's look at 1 John 4, 16 through 19. 1 John. So I got to get out of this cycle, man. But I got to call on Jesus. Deliverance is his superpower. I got I gotta I need some help. I need him to save me, not just from sin. I don't need him just to save me from Satan. I need to him, I don't need him just to save me from the world system. I need him to save me from myself. You shall call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sins, not other people's sins to them, their sins. 1 John 4, 16 through 19. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So when I, the first thing that fear tells me, Someplace I don't believe that God loves me enough to deal with me in this area. Um, talking with a pastor friend of mine, and he talked about how period of time he had um, had to kind of adopt a, a niece of his and bring her into the home. And because she was used to not having food, she wouldn't eat at the table, but she would hoard food and take it to the room. Because she had a fear that fear of food would somewhere run on. He had to pop the brakes, baby. We love you enough. Food's, food's going to be here tomorrow and the next day and the day after that and the day after that too. But that fear drove behavior. Does that make sense? All right. So some of the things that we are dealing with, if we get at the root of it, there is some fear we have. And you got to figure out what that is. Like when I told you about the plane and the panic, I was like, okay, there is some root in me that I didn't. Now, if you had told me, would I like that? Now, 
I don't like my knees knocking on a plane. I'm six foot two. It's a small plane. You know what I'm saying? You go, you go, I, I drew, fl flew, um, flew on Korea Airlines, man. And Koreans tend not to be six foot two. So the plane and coach is smaller. And my knees knocked the whole way. It was painful. It was a painful ride from Shanghai, China to Seoul, South Korea. It was painful. So I don't like small planes, but I didn't know that I was going to feel like my skin is trying to crawl out from the inside. And my heart was thumpity thump thump thump, thumpity thump thump thump, thumpity thump thump thump. And I'm having a flight or fight syndrome. I didn't know that, y'all. I, I wish I, I didn't know. But then I have to go back and say, God, what's happening? And then I have to start with the Holy Spirit trying to retrace my steps. Where did, where did this start? Where did this get in my life? Then I start to look at other areas and begin to deal with, I'm starting to feel like walls are closing in on me. They're coming to get you, David. They're coming to get you. They're coming to get you. Does that make sense? So I got to find out where that root is because somewhere I'm not mature. I'm not loving. I'm not confident in the love of God, and it's causing me to feel afraid. That's why it says, Men, I would that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. Sometimes when men are going through situations, sometimes they, they get in fear. Other times they get fierce. They mad at the world. It ain't even the world's problem. Snapping at everybody that moved. Snap at the dog. Snap at the door. Man, snap at the wind if you let them. It ain't nobody else's problem. They just going through their own issues, but they, does that make sense? See, there's some root there that that brother got to deal with. So I had to tell, honey, it ain't nothing to deal with you. I'm not, I'm not, this is not about you. Just me and the Lord going through some things. But at least I've grown to a presence of mind to at least know that because some people, they don't even know. They just snapping in. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? Y'all, you better deal with them roots. Because you're in sin, and the death of that sin is still going to come if you don't fix it. There's a root that you got to deal with if you're going to walk in this thing. All right? Um, we're going to break free from lust by walking in love. That makes sense, doesn't it? I'm not going to let the lust, the passions of my flesh drive me. I'm going to believe that God loves me. I'm going to love God back, and then everybody else gets to experience the overflow of the love relationship. You ain't even doing me right, but you know what? It ain't even about you. I love God too much to get out of God of source with you. It don't even have nothing to do with you. You know what? You know you a knucklehead. You know you are, but God loved me when I was a knucklehead so I can love you through your knuckleheaded day, and it have nothing to do with you. You are experiencing the overflow of my relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'm going to get out of the lust cycle by getting on to a love cycle because God is love. I'm going to believe that he loves me, and I'm going to let what he's providing to me insulate me from the places of, from your deficits. 
you should be feeding me in this area, but, but you can't because you, you lost in your own cycle of sin and death. And so I'm not going to participate with you in this pity party. I'm going to let you argue all by yourself. Now, listen, y'all. Lady Nedra is good at letting me, Pastor David, have his own pity party, and she be smiling and happy, and she is not, she is not going to get down with my junk. I'm smiling, all bubbly. I'm up here mad. Joe, I'm mad. I'm pouting mad. I'm, 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 I'm pouting mad. Pouting, pouting mad. By humbug mad, like the Scrooge. And she just decides she's not going to participate. She decides that I can still get the benefit of the overflow of her, of her love for God and God's love for her. That she can minister to me in my madness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right? So we got to get out of that cycle, and we got to decide we're not going to participate with people. Let them stew in their own juices. Yeah. And just, 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 I'm just not going, I'm just not getting in there with you. All right? So let's look. There's a life cycle that I want to show you, too. So first of all, I start out with my Savior from sin. Instead of dealing with sin, I'm going to deal with my Savior, right? The Savior sends people like me preaching faith. When you believe in it, life comes to it. Life comes. Life comes, right? That's why you don't need to miss church. You don't need to be here because I need my, listen, my ego does not need members to make me feel good about myself. You need to hear preaching because the word brings life. If I come alive in Christ Jesus, then I'll experience the love of Christ Jesus. Both his love for me that I have known and believed, but I don't believe it without preaching because faith comes by hearing. His love, but when I get confident in the love of God, I, I deal with those fear areas by knowing that God loves me. He loves me. But all of my flaws, all of the stuff I don't have right, he loves me. And the love he has for me gives me boldness. That's what it says. We have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in the world. So now... I got boldness to break out of the patterns that have been locking me in. You're going to have to break free. You're going to have to break free from the expectations of people. To break free from people's expectation requires boldness. You can't care what people think about you. People are going to think what they want to think anyway. And a person convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. People are going to think what they want to think anyway. You're going to have to decide to do you whatever they decide they want to think about you. You're going to need some bonus. And you get that bonus because you know that God loves you. He loves you and nothing will separate you from his love. 
when you get that boldness, then you can walk after what he's telling you to do. And when the Spirit of the Lord begins to give you directions and you walk in that, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. All right? So I'm trying to, this is me describing to you a spirit of life in Christ Jesus that allows you to escape from the law of sin and death. But I got to escape. Now, listen, just like law of sin and death is a cycle, I got to stay over on the life cycle too. I can't just get free and then stop. I'm going to have to keep going, right? I got I to gotta stay with the life cycle because, remember, as soon as we start taking off the gas on our plane, the plane starts to descend, doesn't it? Because gravity didn't go nowhere, right? That's how you land the plane, all right? So if I don't stay over on this and keep going back to my Savior for sin, keep reminding myself and get hearing the preaching so that faith will come. Believing that and getting over on the life side, believing that he loves me, getting the bonus that I need to face the issues. That's why that song, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. That's talking about the life that he has, the love that he has, gives me the bonus to walk out the life that he wants me to, to the point that I'm free from the things that have been binding me. If I don't stay over on the life cycle, the death cycle didn't go nowhere. It's still here, and it'll kick back in on me. John chapter 8, 20, 28 through 36. This is my last scripture. Are you getting something out of this? Is this blessing you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of these messages, they're not shouting and dancing messages, but I'm telling you, boy, this stuff will change your life, y'all. <laughs> okay. This is, this is the real deal. Why? Because this is where we live. Everybody can understand this. John chapter 8, verses 28 through 36. This is Jesus talking. Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, talking about on the cross, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on myself. But as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. Verse 30, as he spoke these things, faith came. Because faith comes by hearing the preached word. Many believed on him. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed on him. He's talking to the believers now, not just to everybody who heard, but those who heard and believed. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. I like the way the King James Version says, if you continue in the word that you heard. Don't just hear it one time and stop. Because I got to stay over on the life cycle because death is still around me. The law of sin and death is still there. So if I got I to stay with the thing. If I continue in your word, you are my disciples indeed, and then you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Not the truth that you heard, the truth that you heard, then believed, and then continued in is the one that makes you free from the law of sin and death. What happens is people hear it one time and don't continue. I told the people, I said, listen, listen, like, you know, my, I, I watch my wedding video every year on the anniversary. Because I said some words, but I need to continue. It wasn't enough what I said then. You know, eight years ago, it was great. But what have I done for her lately? 
All right. Well, I got to continue in it to be the disciple. Verse 31. That was 31. Um, you should, verse 32 said, you'll know my dis- truth and truth makes you. Verse 33. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and you have, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And if you get if you are enslaved to sin, you're gonna get, you're gonna stay in the slave quarters of sin, which eventually will be death, right? Right? I look at verse 35 and 36. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Right? If you're a slave of sin, you can come to Massa's house. Watch this. I didn't have this in my note. You can come to master's house if you're a slave to sin, but you eventually got to go back to your slave quarters. Woo! Yeah, you can come to master's house. You can do all of the stuff you do. You can come to raise your hands, pay pay your tithe, and do all of this stuff. But you're a slave to sin. You're going to go back to the slave quarters eventually because you can't sleep here. So I got to make sure that I really break free from sin, y'all. This is a big thing. Look at verse 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I, the, the discipleship part, the discipleship part of this is that um, I have to stay with the truth. I can't just get free from truth. I got to keep studying the truth. I got to keep going with the truth until that freedom really kicks in. Does that make sense? All right? But even after being free, I've got to stay with it because I got to keep studying. Lord, you told me this. You freed me in this area of my life, and I got to keep looking at that thing because the devil is still out there trying to pull me back. And if he gets me back, the Scripture says it'll be worse than it was before. Does that make sense? He's always trying to pull me back because if I get clean and empty, then he's going to get him some reinforcements and come back, and then he's going to make it worse than I was before. That's one of the reasons why our lives are up and down. Because we've gotten free but didn't understand the discipleship aspect of staying free, continuing to hear, continuing to believe, continuing to stay with the truth to keep our freedom. It's not enough to get free. That's just like somebody expunging your record, and then you go out and commit a fresh new crime. Because crime is in you. I got a list of six things of learning. Just show this list, and this will be our last. I didn't, there's no list there. That was it. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. That'll be next Sunday. Hallelujah. All right, did you get something out of this? Come on, let's stand.